From Scanner School, and today we are answering your questions here on the podcast, and we're doing something a little bit different too. We are simulcasting this podcast episode as a video cast, and what does that mean? That means that if you typically digest the podcast on YouTube, that means today you can see me, and this is something that we are going to do now with the podcast is at least once a month. <laughs> I said two with my fingers, but one with my voice. So we'll see what happens here. But we will be putting more content on YouTube. And I think it's about time that we start adding some more of this material. Because again, audio only on YouTube doesn't really transfer that well. So today I'm answering your questions. And thanks to my dad and my uncle and even my grandfather, I've been around scanners my entire life, and I want to take some of what I know, well, I want to take all of what I know, and transfer that knowledge over to you. So that's why we have Scanners Cool. Our mission here is to educate you and to teach you about the scanner radio hobby. And today, we do that by answering some questions, kind of helping you out with what is bothering you with the hobby. And you can ask questions in multiple ways. Again, you can leave us a voicemail at 516-308-2885. You, and you can go to scannerschool.com slash ask, and you can submit a question via SpeakPipe or just use the form on the site and ask me via email. So today's podcast and videocast are the voicemail questions. So we'll be answering four questions this month. And we will start going through them right now. So, Greg, a return question from last month. You can go ahead and lead off this month's Q&A session. Go ahead. Hey, Phil. This is uh, Greg from Southern Ohio. I have been very happy using my SDR uh, software to listen to my P25 system. But I have a question about SDR trunk. I was wondering if there's a way to use my new AirSpy RSPDX uh, receiver with SDR trunk software. I've been using my new Elect dongles. I have several of them working, and uh, I love uh, SDR trunk software. It seems to, to work very well for me, but I haven't figured out how to get my AirSpy receiver to connect to that. So if you have any ideas or suggestions or could point me in the right direction, that would be greatly appreciated. And again, Phil, thanks very much for everything you do. Appreciate it. Hey, Greg, great question there. So you kind of threw out, again, two different flavors of SDRs. You threw out basically an AirSpy, which is a great product. And you've also thrown out RSPDX. Now, the AirSpy does not make the RSPDX. That is made by the same guys that make SDR Uno. 
that is the SDR play device. So we're going to answer the simplest half of that question first and then move on to the AirSpy half. So if you didn't catch on that already, the simpler answer here has to come with the RSPDX. Now, I am using the most recent release of SDR trunk, which should be, at the time of this publication, 050-beta-3. And if you aren't using that version, I highly recommend you jump into the beta version of that because there's a lot of bells and whistles that were added to it, a lot of enhancements that haven't been yet released over on version 040. So to answer the first question about the RSPDX, you are hitting your head against the wall for a very logical reason. And that's because that device just is not supported at this time with SDR trunk. If it is, I haven't been able to figure it out, but it's not working for me either. So I have, I went online, I did some research. I don't see any supporting documentation that also says that the RSP product line is supported with SDR trunk. And that really doesn't surprise me because the SDR uh, I'm sorry, the RSP devices require their own drivers, basically. They're not based on the same chipset as the AirSpy. They're not based on the same chipset as the RTL sticks either. So if you're running around with a, uh, an RTL blog or even a new elect dongle, no, the RSP products are a completely different animal. So with that, would require their own drivers. So unfortunately, yeah. If, if you're trying to do that, it's just not going to happen for you at this time with the current release of SDR trunk. Now onto the AirSpy. That is pretty more or less cut and dry. So what you'd want to do with the AirSpy is just like the RTL, your Newelec or your RTL blog dongles, is you want to have that plugged into your computer before you launch SDR trunk. When you launch SDR trunk, and you go to your devices, you should see the AirSpy listed as a device. From there, you can either enable or disable the device, and you could also assign the device a particular role, such as what trunk system or what sites or even what narrowband FM dedicated control uh, or uh, voice channel, voice frequency rather, that you want that AirSpy to be dedicated to. So just like setting up any other RTL stick, it's the same procedure to set up an AirSpy device on SDR trunk. So hopefully that answers your question. Again, threw out both flavors there, so we answered them both for you. Long story short, or the long answer short, RSPDXs will not work at this current, at this time in SDR trunk. The AirSpies, you're good to go. Go ahead and play around with those. And a little bit of advice here. Make sure you plug in your AirSpy device directly into your USB port on your computer. Plugging in the AirSpy device through a powered USB hub will actually cut back on the mega samples per second that the device can handle. For example, an AirSpy Mini that can typically do about a 6 megahertz or a 6 mega, mega samples per second, I think is the way you say it there, when plugged directly into your computer's USB port, will only get about 2.5 megahertz or MSPS, right? Mega samples per second of throughput, basically, off the stick if you power it up through a USB hub. 
So again, me bashing my head against the wall here for a little bit, trying to figure out why none of my air spies were ever giving me what I thought they would give me based on the description on their own website. That is why. Plug them directly into your computer, bypass any USB hubs, powered or not. Plug them directly into your computer. At least that's what works for me. And again, transfer a little bit of knowledge from here to over there. Greg, thanks again so much for asking another question this month. I hope to hear back from you again soon. Let me know how you're making out with your SDRs. And also stand by because, again, somebody is winning a free tutoring session at the end of this videocast and podcast episode just for using our voicemail numbers. All right, let's go over to our next question of the month. Hi, Phil. Jeff here. The other day I was sitting in my office working when the power went out and something told me that there was some sort of a accident or event locally. So by the time I got my system back up online for monitoring, the first officer was on the scene. I got a pretty good wrap up, but it took me, you know, five, five, 10 minutes to get my system back online. So it got me to thinking about ideas for uninterrupted service. Fault tolerant, I guess, or a system. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do that come to mind immediately. I, I typically am running three SDRs to monitor the P25 and I have, but I have, and I have a full size computer. I could probably take a laptop and just use that because the laptop actually stayed online because of the battery in it. Although after a while, they just don't get much life in them. Anyway, I was just curious to see what kind of suggestions you all might have or let's call it fault tolerance so that you don't miss that beat when you lose power and you want to know why. And by the time you get your computer rebooted, it's the system is done or the problem is, is done. So yeah. Hey Jeff, thank you so much for asking the question for the podcast this week and also for our very first video cast. Very interesting topic here and something that, yeah, I think we need to revisit because I last, again, I'm looking over here on my spreadsheet. The last time we talked about battery backup for the shack was back in September 18th, 2018. And I'm looking through the sheet now because I just lost it here. That is episode number 39. So if you go back to the archives, go to scannerschool.com slash session 39 to find out when we talked about battery backup for the shack and also batteries. So this one is a rather interesting little bit of a topic here. And what we'll do here is we will put up a, a little slideshow on the video cast side. So if you listen to this on the podcast, make sure you check out the video cast to see the diagram that we are about to put up here. So what I would recommend is, first of all, great job with the laptop. I mean, not everybody wants to go ahead with a, lot, a laptop. Personally, I run desktops because they have more power. They're, uh, you can kind of configure them a little bit better, more accessories, more drives, more USB ports, et cetera, et cetera. But laptops with the backup batteries, as long as they're working or the onboard batteries, you're right. As soon as you lose commercial power, the laptop will work and continue to work on backup battery. So how do we transfer that over to our desktops? Well, that is something that we can easily do by going out and buying what is called a UPS. And that is a uninterrupted or uh, uninterruptible power supply, I guess is what it's called. We'll put a little asterisk down in the, uh, <laughs> in the video cast to correct what I am saying wrong. It's a UPS. 
Okay. And basically what a UPS is, it's a giant battery that stays on charge and allows you to run your computers off of commercial power. But when you lose commercial power, the battery kicks in. Now, again, you are taking DC voltage and transferring over to alternating current, which basically means you have some sort of funny sine wave, right? It's not a true sine wave. It's kind of like a step function sine wave, right? So it's not clean. It's not super clean, but it's enough to get the job done. And many UPSs will actually allow you to connect via USB or some other method to your computer to say, hey, we are on commercial power now, or we've lost commercial power now. We're going to start a timer, or we're going to gracefully shut down, which allows you, again, to save your work and lets the computer go into standby mode or something like that, as opposed to just dropping off and maybe corrupting a disk or something like that. So whatever UPS you use is up to you. We'll put a couple of links down in the description of the podcast, the videocast episodes, and we'll show you which are some of the ones that I have used in the past. I've got several here in my uh, shack that are up and running. I've got one on this computer. I've got one on my Windows computer. I've got one on a a couple security setups here. I got one on my Raspberry Pis that run external drives. I keep them on my NAS units. I mean, they they are all over the place. And again, they're great until the batteries start dying on you. And then you got to remember to get new batteries and, and whatever else. But the batteries aren't really that expensive. It's just a matter of a headache of, oh, well, now it's an alarm and it's just chirping at two o'clock in the morning like a smoke detector. So that's the first step. The second step is how do you keep your radios up and running when you are on auxiliary power? So if you're running on a UPS you're okay, right? Because you could, in theory, plug in a radio, you could plug in your powered USB hub, and you can continue to run on backup power until you decide either to shut down your computer or the battery runs out or whatever else. Now, again, UPSs come in different ratings or different uh, wattages. And again, the higher the number the longer that it will last for you during an outage. Also, the more stuff you plug into it, or the least less amount of stuff you plug into it, the longer it's going to last too, right? The more stuff you the more stuff you plug into it, the more drain on there, so it's going to die quicker. So again, maybe you have just your computer, your monitor, your USB hub, and maybe a conventional scanner radio on there. That's the simplest backup process that we can go with here. Now, in my shack, I go a little bit more on an extreme level, or I'm planning on going on more of an extreme level, because I don't run my scanner radios through the bricks, through the wall wards, right? I run them through a standard 12-volt power supply. Now, again, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go from commercial power out the wall to a UPS to a power supply back to your scanner, because when you lose commercial power, now you've got DC in the battery going to AC to the outlet, going back to DC, to the power supply, right? Then to your radio, right? DC, AC, DC. It's just, it's too many, right? So I like to simplify things. Now, what you can do is you can plug in a power supply into the wall. And from there, you could run, I think MFJ makes it and West Mountain Radio. They actually sell a a power pole device that will take power in from commercial side and a battery input as well. While you have commercial power, it will charge the battery. If you lose commercial power, it will automatically swap over to the battery power for you, 
allow you to run your shack on your 12 volts that comes off the battery. And then when you start to drop down below, say, 12, whatever, 12 volts, 11 volts, whatever the threshold is of that uh, West Mountain Radio rig that you have there, it will then cut off power. So you don't deplete the battery down to zero volts, basically, right? So that's another easy way you can do it. But again, you are looking at, on your side and in your question, about the computer. Now, again, we'll sketch it out for you here. You're going to want to plug in a UPS into your wall. You'll plug your computer into the UPS. And then if you lose commercial power, that's how you can keep your computer and your monitor running until the battery in the UPS dies or the glitch is over. We'll have to revisit this topic, I think, on a future videocast podcast or maybe even as a segment all by itself for video so that you can see how more of these kind of interact with each other and uh, we'll play around that way. But this was a really great question, Jeff. Again, something we haven't talked about here since 2018 or so. So really great to bring this up and, you know, kind of rehash the issue out here. All right. Now, we're going to stop right now for a quick break. But again, if you're a Patreon supporter at a $3 month or higher, you guys don't get this break. For everybody else, we'll catch you in just a moment. Would you like to avoid hearing this break in the podcast? Well, some of our Patreon supporters get to do exactly that. Think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly pledge, not only do you get to help support the podcast, but depending on your support tier, you can receive certain benefits. Our most popular benefit tier is our extra credit, or $5 a month tier. This allows you to sponsor us monthly or annually at a discount. And extra credit members not only receive an early release of a commercial-free podcast, again, this break is not in that podcast episode, but they also have access to early releases of YouTube videos, additional benefits such as squelchy sticker packs, discounts on our tutoring services, courses, and more. But if that wasn't enough, we have a great exclusive community set up just for our extra credit members, and it's great to catch up with them during our monthly member meetups. And these monthly meetups are also available for replay for anybody who is unable to attend that particular meetup. Members also have access to a private channel on our Discord server, so they can also communicate with each other between our monthly membership meetup. You could become a Patreon supporter right now by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, and MURS, and 2A radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as backup issues, too. To download your free sample issue or subscribe, visit natcommag.com. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? 
Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. All right, let's move on to our next question. Les is back again. Les is up in Canada, and he is a strong supporter of the podcast. So Les, I want to thank you very much for being a long-term Patreon supporter. I want to thank you for being a long-term contributor to Scanner School, as well as being part of our extra credit Scan Nerds community. That's right. You guys have heard it here officially. Everybody who is part of Scanner School, you guys are all Scan Nerds. You guys love, breathe, and enjoy the Scanner hobby. So that's it. You guys have been titled Scannards. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. Les, go ahead and take it away. Hi, fellas. Les Stevenson. It's Tuesday, the 26th of July, 2022. I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, do you need a internet connection to run a dongle on a computer? Second question, do you know if Windows 11 is safe for scanners, and will Doggle receive DMR and next thing? Thanks a lot, Phil. Catch you soon. Look forward to next Tuesday's roundtable. Les, again, thank you so much for your support and your questions this month on the podcast and videocast. So we'll break down your questions one, two, and three. Your first question here. Do you need an internet connection in order to run a dongle or a SDR stick on your computer? So simple answer is yes and no. <laughs> okay. Let's explain why. You do need an internet connection in order to download the drivers. You're going to need those in order to run the stick. And the first chance or the first thing you have to do is set up Zydag or Zydig. That's the software that's that installs the drivers for the RTL sticks. If you're going to be running an AirSpy or a uh, RSP device, you will also need the drivers from either source. I think AirSpy just automatically runs out of the box, and the RSP DX or the uh, RS SDR Play devices, I believe have their drivers installed when you install SDR Uno. It's been a while. But if you need help installing the drivers, we have a free course for you over at courses 
www.scannerschool.com. You can take a look at our, take a look at our free intro class to software-defined radios. And I believe it's called the Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software-Defined Radios. And again, that will take you through the process of downloading and installing the drivers to use a RTL stick. So once you have that RTL sticks driver installed on your computer, in fact, as soon as you have Zydag or Zydig, whatever the name of the software is, you've got that up and running, that's it. You don't have to worry about an internet connection from that point forward, okay? You can run your software off the grid, so to speak, okay? Your second question, is Windows 11 safe for scanners? I can't speak for personal experience because I am one of those people that is slow to jump into the new operating system platform. When it comes to Windows, when it comes to my Mac OS, I can't wait to update given about a month or two delay time. Okay, I am not hot to trot on any updates when it comes to any operating system. Namely because you don't know what's going to happen next. For example, when Apple released, I don't remember if it was High Sierra or if it was another one, but there was a huge permissions change to a lot of software. And that actually broke my streaming software that I use to talk to you guys every month on our live Q&A sessions that happen on the first Tuesdays typically of every month. Yeah, that's a big problem for me. So... I was fortunate enough to know that this was going to be a problem, and I was able to figure out from a lot of Google Foo what the solution was going to be. So Workaround was actually implemented before I upgraded to whatever the, was it High Sierra or whatever the other one was, right? I also found out that my recording software that I use, that also broke with the software upgrade. So again, no podcast recording. Well, what was my workaround with that one? I swapped software. I just went with the onboard recording software that is part of the Mac platform, which is called GarageBand. But anyway, that's how I, that's that's what the story with that. When it comes to Windows, no, I drag my feet even longer when it comes to that. I was very, very slow to upgrade from XP to 7. In fact, it took my computer dying to go into Windows 7. Well, it took about the same for me to do Windows 10. I had to actually retire my Windows 7 PC to jump into Windows 10. And I didn't jump into Windows 10 until about a year or two ago, okay? Yes, and now we have a Windows 11. So I'm not there yet. I am not there yet. I may pick up a old laptop or a new laptop just to play around with to see how Windows 11 performs so that I'm not investing my main computer, which runs all my software-defined radios, runs all my live feeds, and I use to program basically any radio I need to program. I can't be without a Windows computer. I can't be without that Windows computer. So I'll pick up something on the side, or maybe I'll run a virtual machine just to see how it runs. But for what I'm seeing online and what I am reading and what I am experiencing through third third party, right? Third party being feedback through our Discord server, through Radio Reference or other mailing lists, is that Windows 11 does seem safe for scanners. So don't do as I say, do as I do kind of thing, right? One of those, one of those little, again, I butchered that one out, but it's always hard when you're on a microphone recording something because you always... Right before you go to say something, you always second guess what it's going to be, and then you end up screwing it up because you thought about it for too long instead of just speaking about it. But anyway, give it a go, 
right? I, I haven't really heard of, of many issues with Windows 11 and scanners. So I'm going to say you should be okay. Again, I haven't done it. I haven't experienced it. I can't give you my go ahead on it. But from what I'm seeing online, you should be good to go. Okay. Your third question, will a dongle receive DMR? The dongle itself will receive anything you throw at it, basically. It's whatever you tell it to do via software. That's the key here, okay? So, via software, yes, you can receive DMR. And there's a couple of pieces of software out there that will do it and do it fine. DSD plus Fastlane will receive DMR. Will receive conventional DMR, which is type one, type two, and will also work on type three or tier three. I'm sorry, tier one, tier two, which is conventional simplex, and tier three, which would be trunking DMR. So you're good to go on capacity plus, uh, capacity max, and even T3. Right, you're good to go on those protocols in DSD plus Fastlane. Also, I want to say SDR trunk will also do DMR. Would have to double check that for you. But yes, you can receive DMR with software defined radio. It's a very cheap and affordable way to get into DMR. Again, the free course that I I shared with you earlier in your question, the ultimate beginner's guide to software defined radio, will show you how to receive a DMR trunk system with one SDR. I believe we go into two SDRs on that one. The Fastlane version is definitely hands down the way to go, though. You can do a lot more with it, and, and it's it's well worth the ten or twenty five dollar U.S. dollar investment for the yearly or multi lifetime subscription. I, I, I jumped right in a lifetime for DSD Plus Fastlane many, many, many years ago, which basically means that I have saved myself a ton of money instead of renewing every year. I paid for it once. After two and a half years, it was basically, I'm keeping up with, with the updates for, for nothing extra. So, yes, answering your three questions, Les, you only need internet connection just to download the drivers. After that, you're good to go. Is Windows 11 safe for scanners? I would say you should be good to go. Again, from personal experience, I can't recommend or not recommend Windows 11, but I'm pretty sure based on what I'm reading, you should be okay. And three, will a dongle receive DMR? It's not the dongle, it's the actual software you're going to use. And yes, you can use a dongle, an RTL, an AirSpy, an RSP DX, a Raspberry, I'm sorry, the RS, um, SDR Uno's, uh, <laughs> I keep messing them up, the RSP Play, the RSP devices will also do it. Because again, it's all based on software. So let's talk about this again, because we talked about RSP is not working with SDR trunk, RSPs will work with DSD plus Fastlane. So if that's what you have invested in, you're okay there. Also with AirSpies and RTLs over on Fastlane. Les, again, thank you for your support. Again, stand by because we're going to see who wins a free tutoring session at the end of this podcast episode. All right. Our last question comes in from Tom. Tom, go ahead with your question. Hey, Phil. This is Tom Schill from Clearwater, Florida. I am attempting to update firmware and database lists for my HP 536HP. I plug the cable in. It recognizes that the USB cable is active. The scanner beeps, but 
when I try to perform the function, like write to the scanner, for example, it doesn't acknowledge the presence of the scanner. What am I doing wrong? What am I missing as a part of this process? Thank you for your response. Have an awesome day. Hey, Tom, great to hear from you again. And uh, for everybody who doesn't know, Tom has asked a couple of questions for the podcast in the past. Tom has also worked with me one-on-one for a tutoring session. And a little bit of information about Tom, and Tom, I hope you're okay with me sharing this, is Tom is visually impaired. So this question might make a little bit more sense to anybody out there because of the way I'm going to answer it now. So it's going to be a little bit more detailed because I want to be able to help Tom out as best as we can here. So Tom, what's actually happening is when you plug your HP or your 536 HP into the computer with your USB connection, it is beeping because it's asking you a question. It wants to know, do you want to connect to mass storage mode, which basically means you're going to mount the micro SD card as a extra drive or do you want to go into serial mode and control the uh, the scanner via software if you do nothing here the scanner is going to go into serial mode okay so what you have to do is when you connect the usb cable to the computer and the scanner beeps at you is you have to press e immediately after the beep to basically reboot the scanner and put it into mass storage mode. If you press the dot key, that puts it into serial mode. Now, where is the E button on your scanner? You will find the E button on the bottom right-hand corner of the keypad. That is where the E button is. The dot key is on the left side, bottom row of the keypad. That is where you'll find those two keys. So again, you're going to plug your scanner in. You're going to wait for the beep. Once you hear the beep, you're going to press E. Again, bottom right-hand corner of the keypad. That will put your scanner into mass storage mode. From that point, you should be able to see your drive in Sentinel. Now, I've got two other ways that you can go about doing this without having to mess around with the scanner itself. The first way is you turn off the scanner, let it power down, eject the card out of the scanner. Basically, you're going to push it in. It's going to eject out. You'll remove the micro SD card, and you can put it into a SD card reader. So whether it be a standalone micro SD card reader that you plug in via USB, or if you have an adapter that converts a micro SD card into a full-size SD card, and then you plug that into your computer, whether through a port or a USB plug, that will also mount that micro SD card as a drive. You can then use Sentinel to talk to that micro SD card because it's already mounted as a drive. It doesn't need to be in the scanner in order to work. Once you are done writing to that micro micro SD card, you can eject the card in your computer then remove the card from the card reader, put the card back into your scanner, and then power up the scanner. And again, it will reboot and take all of the updates that you have sent to the micro SD card. This also works for firmware upgrades as well. 
Another thing you could do is if you use ProScan, you can actually force the scanner to go into mass storage mode when you go to write from the database into, into the scanner. Now, using a screen reader, it might be very cumbersome to do that with ProScan. ProScan is a great piece of software, but the thing that might be a roadblock for you, I don't want to say a roadblock, but a, a hurdle for you is the fact that the favorites list becomes its own window outside of the main program. You have to use the favorites list editor to manipulate the the favorites list that are in your scanner. You do need a radio reference premium account in order to pull the information off of radio reference because now you're not using the Uniden server. You are using the actual radio reference database to pull the information and to build those favorites lists. And then from there, you have to then write it back to the scanner. But again, there is the ability in ProScan to send the reboot command. It works very nicely. We have done it um, with some people that I know uh, helping out with some remote scanners that are off-site, and we've been able to program up the Home Patrol series scanners, whether it be the 536 or even the SDS 200, to reboot them, throw them in mass storage mode, write to the database, then the scanner then reboots again, comes out of mass storage mode, goes back into serial mode, and we are able to communicate with the scanner that way normally. I think, Tom, one of the two ways I, I spoke about earlier is probably the best way to do it. If you're going to plug the USB cable in, just listen for the beeps, press enter. It will then go into the mass storage mode. And you should hear on your computer that ding dong, right, that you typically hear when you mount a drive to the computer. You should hear that tone on your computer when it mounts. I don't think you're hearing it now. You didn't say you were hearing it. Uh, you were just mentioning that you were listening to the the scanner reboot. Tom, I really hope that helps you out this one. Again, if it doesn't, let me know, and we will certainly circle back with you and, and give you some more guidance on how to help you send your favorite list over to the 536. Really nice scanner. I know it's a little bit different than some of the older ones, but I think that's the step you're missing there. All right, so we have four questions answered this month. And as a reminder, I typically answer your questions live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter on the first Tuesdays of every month. This Tuesday may or may not happen. I'm going to recommend that you look for our email newsletter that comes out every Tuesday to let you know if we will be hosting a meeting this month. Uh, also, you can look at our YouTube channel if we have a video in queue. Uh, that says we're going live, that will tell you whether or not we are going live this Tuesday or if we have postponed it. So I definitely recommend subscribing to our YouTube channel. And speaking of subscribing, make sure you subscribe over to our podcast because that will deliver your po each podcast episode directly to your mobile device, whether it be through Spotify, your typical player, whatever it's on Google or Apple or anything else, we will be there. All right. And again, if you've learned something from today's podcast episode or you know somebody will, look, that's the best way that you can help us with our mission here, right? By teaching more people about the podcast. Make sure you share this podcast and videocast episode with your friends, whether it be via email or even a social share. All right. So we are now time to see who is going to win the free touring session for this month. So again, you can ask me your questions by picking up the phone right now and calling 516-308-2885. That goes right to voicemail. You don't speak to me. So don't worry about bothering me at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
Or you can go over to scannerschool.com slash ask and ask by clicking on the SpeakPipe link. And that's good for those who are outside of the U.S. or even those that just want to use your phone or tablet or microphone on your computer to leave us a message that way. Of course, typical mail works as well. Just use the form over at scannerschool.com slash ask. All right. So on the screen, we will put up a random number generator. And this random number generator will tell us who is about to win this free tutoring session. So because this is our very first video cast, I don't really have an understanding on how to set that up just yet, but we will get there. So I have put four numbers in the Google random number generator. We've got one for Craig, we've got two for Jeff, we've got three for Les, and we've got four for Tom. All right, so let's go through and start pressing the refresh button on the screen here. All right, so here we go. One, two, three, four, and five. So it dropped on number two. And with that, that means, we go back to our, our handy dandy sheet here, Jeff, Jeff, you have won this month's free tutoring call. Please reach out to me and I will give you the coupon code to use over at scannerschool.com slash tutoring so you can put that in and book your tutoring session for free. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Rops, Bob Milton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Dombrowski, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe P., John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R, Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazet, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.